I, I don't know about you, but I love how generous our church is. And, and when we reevaluated all of our core values a couple of years ago, we kind of looked at who are we and who's God calling us to be. And uh, it was very obvious that we are a generous giving church. And so we made it a core value, stuck it on the wall right over here. Notice how no one ever sits in front of this sign because they don't want to be pointed out as generous. But I'm... Uh, being silly, of course. And no one ever likes to sit under the change sign because who wants to change? I like things just the way they are. But of course, these are some of our values here at North Shore Church. And over the next couple weeks leading up to Christmas, and maybe this will help frame the way you shop for your Christmas presents, we actually want to talk about generosity and what it means to be generous and, and some of the misconceptions. And, and let me just give you this disclaimer today. I, as the pastor of North Shore Church, am not asking you for your money. I will gladly take it, but I'm not asking you for it today. What we want to do is we want to just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. We want to allow God to speak to you and help you understand from his perspective what generosity is and how to be generous and the mindset of generosity and what it is. And we always start by this very simple phrase from John 3.16 is that God gave his one and only son. God knows what it's like to be generous. God knows what it's like to give everything. And so God is not asking us to do something that he hasn't already done. And so this is, this is where we're heading the next couple weeks leading up to Christmas. I love being the pastor at North Shore Church, though, because so many of us, so many of you as a family are incredibly, incredibly generous. Not all of us might be there yet, but we're on the way, which is incredibly encouraging. And there's so much incredible joy that comes from being generous. And I desire that for all of us, uh, especially in seasons where, where life is getting more expensive. We talk about inflation. We talk about recessions. We talk about all of these things. When we live in the mindset of generosity, none of these things need to scare us or intimidate us or cause us to worry. Because when we are generous and we live in this idea that God will bless us and take care of us, even if we lose everything, we will be okay. And we will still have joy. Um, we might say things and ask questions. I'm going to wait until I, until I have more for, for me to give. Uh, maybe if I had a higher income, I could be more generous. Uh, maybe if I had a little bit less debt. Maybe once all these things are settled, I can finally be generous. And I want to change our thinking on that a little bit this morning if we can. Uh, but today, I want to do is challenge us that maybe God would stretch our faith just a little bit more so that we can experience what Jesus said, and it was repeated in the book of Acts, that it is more blessed to give than to receive. I'm going to say it again, and you can find it in Acts 20.35. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Would you say it with me one more time? It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. How many here like getting presents? Great, I thought so, me too. Um, if you've ever done a love language assessment, uh, one of the things, I really love words of affirmation, so tell me that you love me, tell me really nice things about me and I'll be your best friend forever. The second thing you could do is to give me gifts. And I like things to do with aviation, airplanes, uh, well, you know, anything. As long as it's a thoughtful gift, I will appreciate it. Uh, handfuls of money, that's great too. Um, I will gladly take that blessing and turn it around and bless someone else like my wife. Um, 
But it is more blessed to give than to receive. And I am so thankful. And this is, this is the joy that I get from, from doing a series on generosity. I don't have to stand up here and say, okay, guys, the offering plate is in the back. Please fill it up before you leave. You can go on our website. I don't have to stand up here and say we're desperate because I would probably never do that even if we were. But the fact is, is that um, throughout our history, even though we, we have, like, we're not swimming in money at North Shore Church, we have needs. Rebecca, the bookkeeper, shaking her head like, no, what are you talking about? But we always pay our bills, and we're always generous in the community. We're always giving something in some way, shape, or form. So I get to come, and I get to say with great joy in my heart that we are living this out already. But let's, let's grow on a couple things today. Uh, if we head to, my Bible's way up here, if we head to 2 Corinthians or wherever my bookmark tells me that we're going to today, I think it was 2 Corinthians, chapter 8, I believe. We're going to read a little bit of a story here, yeah, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. If you have a Bible, you can go there, I'm going to read it to you as well. And uh, the, the letter of Corinthians, so the, there's a guy named Paul in the New Testament, he writes a bunch of letters to churches to help encourage them, help them be good churches, help them be healthy churches, help them to be effective in what they do. And uh, sometimes he's pretty harsh and he's pretty intense, but everything he, he, he does, he does it out of grace and love. And he does it all for the sake of peace and the advancement of the kingdom. And so sometimes the letters that he writes are letters of correction, letters of celebration and exhortation. And here's, here's sort of his advice. Here's what he's saying to the people in Corinth, which you can find in Asia Minor today. And he says, now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian church. Now, wait a minute. Last week I said the worst thing you can ever do is compare yourself to somebody else. And Paul, first line, he goes and compares the church in Corinth to the church in Macedonia. We talked about superheroes a few minutes ago with our kids. Is there someone in your life that you go, hey, I want to be like that person one day? Like someone you aspire to be or be able to do something like that person like, I know that Bill desperately longs to be a famous bass player in a band, probably the Rolling Stones or something crazy like that. I mean, he'd probably settle for the sensational hot rods from Thunder Bay, I would imagine, maybe. And Corey would be at every show. And so I just want to, like, not play the comparing game for a minute, but I also want to recognize that when we see something good somewhere else, there's nothing wrong with duplicating it. There's nothing wrong with replicating what is good somewhere else. And this is kind of Paul going, here's a really good example as you work through this issue. And so he says, I want you to know through grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. So in case you missed what's going on here, the church in Macedonia wrote Paul or talked to Paul. They called him on FaceTime and they said, Paul, okay, it wasn't FaceTime, it was 2,000 years ago. He said, Paul, we want to give a lot to help the work that is being done. And Paul's like, hey, guys, that's great. You are dirt poor. 
the Macedonian church and the Macedonian people were like extremely, extremely poor, dirt poor, like they had nothing. And yet Paul says to the church in Corinth, look at these guys who have nothing and they are full of rich generosity. How could people who have so little be possibly want to give so much? And, it, and here's where the mindset we want to shift today. Because generosity isn't about the amount that we give. It's about the mindset. It's not about how much you give. It's a mindset. Someone say it's a mindset. And so many times we have mindsets that limit us in many areas of our life, but in particular with, with generosity. And I've heard these excuses my entire life growing up in northern Ontario. Well, if we were just in southern Ontario, things would be better. If, we, if, if, if Queen's Park was just a little bit closer, things would be, would be better. These are the things that I heard growing up. Or we will never be this or we'll never be able to do that because of where we live. And I'm, I'm here to tell you, I'm sorry, I do not subscribe to that belief today. I've never subscribed to that belief as a citizen of northwestern Ontario my entire life saying, um, I am somehow a lesser citizen because of where I live. And uh, things are different, obviously. Right? You could go to different parts of our province and life is different. It's just it's the reality. And, and maybe you have to work differently or harder in some ways. But you know, we're not kind of going there today. But the fact is, is that mindsets can limit us. And this church had the right mindset in Macedonia. They're literally begging Paul, please let us give. Let us give something. Because they wanted to participate and they had overflowing joy in spite of their devastating extreme poverty. They wanted to give. They weren't saying, hey, Paul, when the time is right, when we finally have a successful economy, we're going to be generous and we're going to give. They say, no, right now, in our state of poverty, we are going to give. A lot of times in our mindsets, we don't even realize our limitations. One of those mindsets is that people who suffer is the not enough mindset. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. There's just limited amount of resources, and I just feel like I never have enough. Um, I don't know if you know this. Did, did anybody not change their clocks back last night? All right. Illustration failed. But the fact is, you're going to go home and you change them this morning, or you're going to go home and change them, right? How many hours in a day do you have? Anyone know? How many hours in a day do you have? Today is 25 hours, I guess. But Does anybody have more than 25 hours in a day today? All right, how about tomorrow, 24 hours? How many days do we have this year? It's not a leap year, so it's 365. This is the best thing about time is that we all stand equal when it comes to time. So when someone says, I just don't have enough time, well, that's your problem. Just, that's not what we're talking about today. I have a lot of stuff going on in my life. I don't know if you noticed. People go, how do you have the time? And I'm like, you just manage it. Sometimes not well, but you just manage it. You just, you just do it. What's interesting about this mindset, though, I've met people who have $1 and they go, it's not enough. And I'm like, yeah, if you want to buy a can of Coke from the pop machine, it used to be enough. It's not anymore. 
But you meet people that have a dollar and it's not enough. You meet people with $10 and they say it's not enough. You meet people with $100 and thousands of dollars and hundreds of thousands of dollars and they still have this mindset, I just don't have enough. There's millionaires, multi-millionaires. I don't have enough. See, it's not about the amount, it's about a mindset. It's just a mindset. We serve an absolutely abundant God who not only wants to provide for more than what we need, but he also wants to meet the needs of others through us. We say that again. We have a God who wants to meet the needs of others through us. Someone say, through me. That's important. And what we need to do is adjust our mindset from not enough to more than enough. I'm thinking back to 2019, January, our lowest giving month of the year at church. 2019, January, all of the pastors in our area get together, actually in my living room and kitchen, for a taco lunch. And we, we have this great time of encouragement and this great time together. We share in this meal. And our one pastor who's like, we call him our section pastor, he kind of organizes everything and keeps us together and organized and connected everything. He says, there's a church in our section that is going through a really hard time. And they began to share the needs. He said, um, just due to the economy of the community, half their church moved out of town. It wasn't that anything bad was happening in church, nothing like that. But they all just, they had to move because of work and jobs and family. And half their church left town, which was like 60% of their church budget all left. Be quiet! <laughs> They're probably, she's probably doing it on purpose. Just That's why I did it. Yeah, it doesn't work. They tried a few weeks ago to text me during church, and I wasn't looking at my phone. So I think they're looking for a response. But 2019, so January's our lowest giving month. And so our section pastor, he says, hey, could all of us as churches maybe just help out this other, this other church in our section? And so I was like, yeah, absolutely. We get to our, our pastor's council meeting that, that month, and we sit around in the office, and we're kind of just sharing again this need. Hey, yeah, could we take up just a special opportunity to give people just to give towards this church? Yeah, no problem. That sounds really good. And before we could move on the agenda item, we kind of just had this pause in the room, and I kind of felt God's voice say to us, come on, Gary, you can do better than that. And I was like, yeah, that was just the weird pizza that I had for supper. There's got to be something more to this. But we couldn't move on from this moment. All of us kind of just had this moment to stick. And I don't know if you know this about our church, but um, like I said, we don't, we don't have a lot of money as a church, but we're very generous and we've been very blessed as a church. And so our district office, who oversees all of our churches in western Ontario, from Young Street right to Nipigon, um, they give us a monthly subsidy every month to help us with our budget. And so at that time, it was around... I think around $1,200 or $1,000 a month that they would give us. And as we felt kind of the, the word of the Lord speak to us saying, hey, we could do a little bit better. Why don't we step out in this moment? Why don't we give them all of our February subsidy from our district office? Now, again, context. January is typically one of our lower giving months, which means we don't have as much donations come in that month. So bills are always a little bit tighter. March, our insurance usually um, comes out that month, and that's usually around $3,000 or more now, but it's always going up. I don't know if your insurance rates go up, but it sucks, but it's just reality. And so we always have some really big kind of bills coming in March. And in February, we kind of felt God say, okay, I want you to give away your subsidy and take up an offering. And we kind of went, okay, that's a little bit of a stretch of our faith. 
And so we kind of stood around the circle. We all talked about it. We prayed about it together. And all of us were in agreement to say, yeah, this is what the Lord is asking us to do. We'll find whatever we got to do. We'll make it, we'll make it happen. And so we did. We, we took up a special offering. And we sent them this money from our subsidy. And all in all, we sent them almost $1,500 from our church to theirs. And it was just this great moment of joy where we got to meet again the next month as section pastors. And I said, hey, our church took this incredible step of faith, really believing that God's going to do great things. And God has been doing great things in this church. And if you go to Hornpane today, they're just in the middle of completing a building project. They have new pastors, new leaders there, and a bunch of new people who are being blessed, who are being ministered to, who are being cared for. And uh, it's an just an incredible move of God taking place in the community of Hornpain. And we get to be a part of their story because of our obedience, even though we didn't have enough. The story in our part does get a little bit better. The end of February came and we paid all of our bills. Our insurance uh, came up and we paid all of our insurance uh, costs for the month of March. And we got to March, we paid all of our money in March. We still bought hot dogs and hot dog buns for the high school in the month of March and February of 2019. It could have been easy for us to say, hey, we can't afford to do this right now. We can't do it. And every other church would have totally understood our position. They totally would have been on board with where we were at and said, we totally get it. We bless you. We understand. Just keep praying for us. And it would have been fine. But we heard from the Holy Spirit say, no, you can do more. I want you to be irrationally generous. No one likes the word irrational, especially when it comes to generosity. I want you to be irrationally generous. It's generosity that doesn't make sense. It's irrational, or irrational. It's not rational. And today, we celebrate with horn painting what God is doing there. We get to say we get to be a part of what God is doing. 2020 came. And we renovated this room. And I tell you, all the chairs that we're sitting in here today, we paid for debt-free. The floor we're standing on today was donated to us. And this is almost a $10,000 floor just given to us. The chairs that we bought, about 135 chairs. And in 2020, we spent just over $8,000 on all of them debt-free. All the paint on the walls, all the drywall work, just Greg did it all. We'll just say thanks for Greg's work on that. All the projects that we've been up to, completely debt-free, completely blessed, paid for in full. Never had to worry about it at all. We could have easily said, we don't have enough. We can't do it. And we could have continued doing the same thing that we've always done. We could have kept the building the same way that it always was. Wasn't it nice when you walked in here today not seeing orange carpet and chandeliers from the 70s? Wasn't that nice walking in feeling a little bit more at home than walking into a foreign building? I hope, you, I hope that was the impression you got. Now, at the end of the day, guys, like, hear me on this. It's just a building. Like, we could go meet in the parking lot in the rain if we wanted to meet. We can go meet in Tracy's living room because he doesn't have kids and toys. We could meet in his basement because his doesn't have flooding in it. At the end of the day, it's just, it's just a building, but we're going to be good stewards of the building that God has given us and blessed us with. 
and we're going we're going to use it because now this is a safe place for kids to come it's a safe place for youth to come it's a safe place for you to come and experience the joy of one another and more importantly experience the joy of God think of all the lives that are changed that are filled with purpose and filled with hope when they come through these doors or they meet some of us outside of these doors and they go, just the simple smile on your face has made my day. And they go, where does that smile come from? Well, I'm just a child of God and I just keep going. I may not have enough. I have more than enough. There's so much to do. There's still so much needs. And we might not see enough, but God says to us, hey, I'm more than enough. God provided and gave us more than enough, even though we weren't sure if we had enough. More than enough to meet our needs. More than enough to meet the needs of others. And this is the thing, like we're talking about recessions, economies, and, and all these kinds of things. And God's economy, what's interesting is that you never actually lose anything when you give. It's weird. I don't understand. It's just the way God works. In fact, you actually gain something. You gain the, gain the opportunity to participate in what he is doing. Now, some of you might say, well, Gary, you're the pastor. You get to kind of direct some of the stuff. It's easy to give away money that's not yours. And you are 100% right. How many love spending someone else's money? Like, come on. It's the greatest joy. When the boss gives you the credit card and says, hey, we need you to go pick up a couple things. I wish Shander was here today because uh, we had this moment at hot dog lunch on, on Tuesday because she works at the high school and the principal gave her the school credit card to go buy cups for the students. Like, it's ridiculous. And she's like, I got the expensive cups because I had the principal's credit card. <laughs> But uh, it's easier to give when it's not your money. And here's, and here's the reality, guys and gals and friends. Everything that we have already comes from God anyway. Everything we have already comes from God anyway. First Chronicles 29, 14. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? This is David who was the second king of Israel, he says, everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your hand. So if you're ever worried about giving and being generous, just remember, hey, it belongs to God anyway. I'm giving it back to him. So it's like spending someone else's money. When you start to gain this perspective, you realize, though, that these are not just resources. They're not yours. They're actually God's resources, which makes it easier to give. We're simply stewarding, taking care of what he has given us and giving it back to him. And so our mindset moves from my resources to God's resources. I don't know if you know this, but the very fact that we live where we lived, we're blessed. The poorest person in Canada is blessed more than the poorest person anywhere else. We're blessed. God has certainly blessed this land, and we as a nation need to steward the resources that God has given us. We as a church need to steward and take care of the resources God has blessed us with. And so when God says, I want you to give $1,500 to another church, then I want you to give and we're going to give $1,500 or $1,000. Now, I'm not going to tell you to, to, to go into debt to give money. That would be ridiculous. That's not being a good steward of, of God's resources. But let me tell you this story. Some friends of ours, and I'm going to be a few minutes late. I'm sorry. I'm going to blame Katie. She went too long. But you'll appreciate this story. So this couple, friends of mine, great, great people growing up, good family, uh, served the Lord like probably most of their lives. 
And they had this rule where they wouldn't spend money up to a certain point or over a certain amount unless they had a conversation together. When they first got married, it was $10. So if he or she wanted to spend $10, they would have to talk to the other person and say, hey, I want to, you know, I don't know what you could buy for $10 in the 80s, but whatever you, I wasn't around. So whatever you could buy for $10 in the 80s, they would have this conversation. And, and as, as they would eat their beans and rice, as a young married couple would with no money, and as, as they got jobs and good careers, that allowance increased. And at the time, they would say, okay, oh, anything over $100, we're going to have a conversation about. And if you're married today, if you don't have a joint bank account or at least access or, or, or full accountability with your spouse over that, go to the bank tomorrow or go online banking or call them. Don't call the bank. You wait for online forever. But change that. Because if you want a healthy marriage, talk about your money together. Talk about how you spend your money together. Talk about how you're spending God's money together. All right? And uh, just that's kind of free on the side. But they had this moment. They started to, to work, actually become quite successful. And they'd be very, very generous people. And it just and that was their mindset as well. And they would give and they would give and they would serve. And, and husband kind of got into some investing. And their checking account balance was going up, going up, going up. And he said, honey, why don't we take some of this, like, balance that's getting a really kind of ridiculous for a checking account. And why don't we, like, move it and save it. And she said to him, no, I want to just keep it where it is. And just I want to be safe and I want to be smart and everything like this. And he says, okay, honey, like, I understand. That's fine. They're driving home from church one day. And they hear, um, they're, they're talking about generosity in church, and there's a driving home, wife's a little bit awkward in the car, and kind of quiet, and she says, honey, I need to talk to you about something, and she says, yeah, sure, what is it, honey, go ahead, and he says, uh, she says, well, you know how we have that spending limit that we talk about all the time, yeah, yeah, well, I actually spent a little bit more than our limit without talking to you about it, and so he's, like, getting a little bit curious, and, oh, yeah, okay, I understand, and um, says, you know, well, you know how the pastor was, was really talking about generosity, and, um, I found the Holy Spirit say to me, why aren't you trusting me with everything? And husband's like, okay, I know exactly that feeling. I know what you're talking about. And I kind of felt that the reason that the checking account balance was so high because I felt like that was mine. Those were her exact words. I felt like it was mine and I couldn't let it go. And I know that God provides everything for us, but it just made me safe. It made me feel secure. It made me just comfortable. And I realized that I was just kind of wrapped up in all of this. And so she says, I wasn't really trusting God with anything at that point. I wasn't definitely not trusting God with our money. And so, honey, I wrote the church a check for the balance of our checking account. <laughs> now, I am more likely to spend money in our relationship than my wife is. And so if this story was about me, I would have been the one saying that to Elizabeth, no doubt. But I think what's admirable is that the husband was not upset with his wife for writing a balance of their checking account. In fact, he was absolutely over the moon astounded that his wife had actually heard from God and she walked in obedience. I mean, that was a pretty, pretty big sacrifice. I mean, just think about your own context for a minute. If your spouse came to you and said, hey, by the way, just, just imagine how that might go. You know, he could have easily been really upset and all the natural emotions that you would feel of all the things that you were going to maybe do, that 
that idea of security and safety and rainy day just suddenly disappearing could have very negative effect on the way that you think about things, on your mindset, on, on, on this and that. But, uh, but here's the thing. As when you recognize that God owns everything and we're just managing his resources, it actually allows us to trust him completely and fully in what we do, whether we have, so- whether we have something to give, whether we don't have something to give. But when we live in this mindset of generosity that God is more than enough, it doesn't matter the amount. You know, God might tell you to stop giving as much as you are giving to the church, in fact. He says, hey, you're trusting me too much or you're giving too much. He may say that to you. But the fact of the matter is, when we realize that we're just managing his resources, it's actually easier to fully can trust, completely trust in what he fully does. 2 Corinthians 8.11, you keep reading this, this book of Corinthians. It says, now you should finish what you started. Let the eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched now by your giving. Giving in, in proportion to what you have. Yay, we're done. Yay. That's good. The final mindset that we want to change, and I'll tell you a story another day. Maybe I'll do an Instagram story or something. But the, the final mindset we want to change is to go from I'll give when to I'll give now. It's easy for us to say, okay, when I have something to give, I'll give it then. Right? When I'll, I'll, just, I'll just wait until I, I give. I can give. And Paul says here, hey, just give into proportion of what you have. If you don't have a lot, don't give a lot. Like, we, you can give to our church through a credit card, but please pay the credit card off at the end of the month. Pay it off before, put a credit on your credit card, I don't care. Don't go into debt, don't, and, and, and Jesus tells the story as he sits with his disciples. They're sitting outside the temple and these rich people come and they give bags and bags of money. Just imagine how big the disciples' eyes are getting, right? Look at all this money, Jesus. And then this widow comes, and she puts in less than two pennies into the offering plate. And Jesus looks at his disciples, and they're just like drooling at all this money in the cash, in the offering plate. And he says, that widow gave more than the offering of the rich people. And they're like, Jesus, you've got to be crazy. And he's like, no. He says, they gave very generously. They gave what was required. That widow that gave those two pennies, that's all she had. That's all she had, and she gave all of it. See, it's not about the amount, it's about the mindset. And the final mindset is, it's never too late to give, and it's never too early to give. When you see somebody that has a need, and we want you to use wisdom, right? You're, using, you're stewarding God's resources. If you see someone that you have a need, and you kind of just hear that voice of God saying, you know what, you can buy their groceries today, Follow through. If it means putting away a couple extra things from your cart back on the shelf, go for it. If it means trusting God for your own miracle because you bought someone else's groceries, go for it. Because God will take care of you because you're just managing his resources anyway. And Paul says to the Corinthians, match your eagerness to serve, match your eagerness to be involved with your giving. There's a cool story about Orville Rogers. I'll tell you another day, but it's a really cool start. End of the day in his life. He's he's an aviator, so I like him. He's a runner, so I don't like him. 
But he ran a marathon at 99 and won. He beat out the 92-year-old, and that 92-year-old said, it's because I wasn't quite as wise or old as him. He was an airline pilot eventually with Braniff Airways, and he made about $40,000 a year for about 40 years, and so it was only about, a, or something like that. 40 years, he only made about $1.5 million, which sounds like a lot, but spread that out over your career, it really wasn't that many, that, that much. But as, as we learned through the heart and his passion for what he did, as he gave a little bit on the way, he actually gave over $35 million away through the course of his life. And he never made $35 million. He never had a job that would pay for it. But, but he started to give and be generous from the very first moment that he could. He didn't wait till the opera, he didn't wait till he was rich. He didn't wait till his investments came through. He just gave a little bit at a time. And over the course of his life, he gave over $35 million away through his generosity. Now, I want to be like him, one, because he was a pilot, and two, that he was just incredibly generous and had incredible joy doing it. But what I learned from this, it's not too early to begin, and it's never too late to start. So my challenge to us, my challenge to myself, to our church today is, is, is do it now. Whatever it is that God calls you to, he will always, always equip you to do it. He'll always resource you to do it because it's his in the first place. If you like spending someone else's money, this is your opportunity to be generous this week. So let me pray for us. Father, you have blessed us in ways we can't even begin to understand. Thank you for leading the way in generosity by giving everything yourself so that we would have life and we would have an abundant, full life. Thank you for leading the way in generosity and asking us to do the same. God, we pray, pray that you would show us our mindsets that are keeping us from being a blessing to others. Show us how we can change the way we think about our resources. God, I do. I, I just truly pray a blessing over each, each person, each family that is here and online today. Lord, would you just help us understand that we get to be a part of what you are doing. Lord, I pray that you would Continue to use us, Lord, as a church to be a blessing to this community, Lord, here on the North Shore. Lord, for the families that have needs today, Lord, I pray that you would continue to reveal those needs to us and allow us, oh God, to be a help and a blessing, Lord, in these times. Lord, I thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen.